It's the Beckler and Shauna podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. It's Wednesday, July 26, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. Welcome to the Beckwin Show on a Pisscast. We had uh, a chaotic start to the show this morning. We went on a journey this morning. If you listen to the live show, if you listen to the podcast, you may not be aware of this, but on the live show, first thing in the morning, we have a segment that we've been doing since the start of the year called the Out of Bed Banger. Yeah. So we play a song that's kind of off format, not something that we'd normally play on the station. Uh, you guys request it. Friends of the show will request different songs. And it's just kind of a fun way to, again, kind of kick the corners of your mustache up, get you out of bed. So it's, you want it to be something kind of upbeat. and Yeah, it's so bloody early. And yeah. like, let's play something different, get everyone's attention, have a little fun with it. So totally. We, yeah, we, but the thing is, we don't listen to these songs before we, we play them. We do not. We give them to our music department. And yeah. the idea is that they will approve them and make the necessary edits mm-hmm. and so f- so far that's worked great except for this morning <laughs> we played a cover of the song Gin and Juice yep. uh, by the Gourds yes and well we'll just we started to hear a few swears in the lyrics uh-huh. and we're like okay well there's a shit we can get away with that yeah like shit is there's okay bitch, bitch can pass probably fine and Sean and I were out, outside the studio getting water when we heard this right here Jesus And we both looked at each other and was like, was that an MFR? I was like, I think I just heard an MFR. <laughs> Unless he was referring to something else involving mothers, but I doubt it. And so we're both kind of running into the studio at this point, like, oh God. And it was at that point we realized we had a problem because mm-hmm. this cover was six minutes long. Yes. And we're like, oh no, what are the rest of the lyrics to this song? So we quickly Googled the lyrics. Yep. I was just praying. No N-words, please. I don't think this band would drop an N-word, no. but I was, please, no N-words. But still, there were some other F-bombs that were coming along, so... <laughs> so then we just went right over top of the song and tried to figure out what to do while it was still playing. Yes. All right, we really weren't kidding when we said we don't listen to these before we oh play my. them. because <laughs> Oh, yeah. There's, there's some, some language in this one. There's some language that was not edited, that's needless to say. Uh, so... And ultimately, we just edited it on the fly. Every time we saw a, an F-bomb coming up in the lyrics, we just, like, quickly turn it down and turn it back up. And luckily, like, to be fair, the, the, I mean, the worst had already gone. Yeah. Come and gone. We'd missed it. So at that point, it was like, well, let's let it, let's ride her out. <laughs> Holy man. You know, as soon as I heard you guys say, uh, we're going to play gin and juice, and I'm like, uh, <laughs> um, I hope I just, it might have heard this. You know, our, our music department, all, like we've played lots of songs with tons of swearing, and they always yeah. go through and edit them, but this one snuck in. They always edit them, so it was just a... Yeah, it was so funny. <laughs> oh, oh this, this has made my day. I am, like, literally, I'm, I, I was in tears. I was in tears. As, as, soon, as, that first, as soon as that first bitch came out, I was like, oh, yeah. Well, it's going to be good. And the texts were so funny, because oh, people God. are just waking up, and they're yep. hearing this on the radio, and they're like... This is wild. This yeah. is a crazy out of bed banger. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't think there are many kids listening at uh, six in the morning. No, mostly adults who are okay with it, and we seem we seem to have gotten away with it so far. So this happened to me when I first got to X in the middle of the day during the the midday show, which is a hell of a lot worse. Way because worse. Way it worse. was 
F you and don't do what you like I tell you like that the Rage Against the from Machine from Rage, Rage yeah. Against the Machine and they repeat that like over and over and over and I was editing a call at the time so I didn't notice and I got a call from our music director at the time just losing his mind and yes uh, it was the same thing trying to live edit out all the F-bombs at that point though like the damage is done yeah. but the problem with midday is there are children yeah yeah. so it was not good this is a little that's a within little the watershed as they call it yeah yeah so, so anyway, our, we were we were pretty amped up this morning after dealing with that first thing. It was an adventure. First thing. Yeah. But it was fun. Super fun. On today's show, Sean has nominated uh, herself and her family for Terry of the Month preemptively based on something they're going to be doing next week when she's off. Yes. We're going to talk about the goat of music venues, or I guess the Mount, your Mount Rushmore of music venues. Yeah. And one of the best things you can't look cool doing we've had yet after your Out of Context clip. If you have that and a booger, then that's the worst day of your life. Jeez. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I've got another thing you can't look cool doing, Beckler. Okay. Uh, talking with food stuck in your teeth. Oh... That's a good one. Like, you can be the coolest person <laughs> in the world. You could be the sexiest person alive. And if you've got food stuck in your teeth, it brings you down. Not just a little bit. Like, it drops you right down you're the totem pole. You're dirt at that point, right? Like, oh, I can't even hear man. anything you're saying. Nope. Like... You just see the green thing wedged in between your teeth there. And you're like, ah. Oh, you got to get that out of there. So true. That yeah. is so true. Like think of the hottest person you've ever seen that you yes. can think of and with something in their teeth, they're not hot anymore. No. no. It's crazy, right? Like the, your Man. measurement, your metric of, of Lenny Kravitz, like think of how cool Lenny Kravitz is and then think of something stuck in his teeth. He's no, no longer hot. <laughs> He's not cool at all. Like, then. It's not even just like, yeah, it's a little less. It's like, Matt, nope, not, not good looking anymore. This might be like the very, like the pinnacle example of things you can't look cool while because it it's happened to be? absolutely everybody. Absolutely, it's yeah. It's kind of unavoidable in life. Yep. It's going to happen to you, and it's going to be super uncool when and it does. no matter what, when somebody tells you about that, too, you're always, like, so defeated. You almost want to leave. <laughs> you know, like, especially if you're at a, a group thing or with people you don't know that well, and all of a sudden, after, what, an hour or two hours, you find out you've had stuff stuck in your teeth old, it's time to leave. That's the worst part of it, when yep. you start go, like, retracing your steps in your head. You're like, where did I go with this oh stuck my in my God. teeth? The worst is when you go to the bathroom and you discover it. So somebody doesn't even tell you. And at that point, you you look at you look for windows, all right? And you go, I'm going to crawl out of this window and I'm not returning to that yeah. table. You're done. If you see someone with something stuck in your teeth, their teeth, you got to tell them. Yes. You got to tell them. It's going to be super embarrassing for them. It's going to make them feel really uncool because yep. they are uncool. Yes. Um, but it's going to save them from more embarrassment That's down the road. It. It's you know, short-term pain for long. You got to do it. You can't let it fly. You can't let it fly. There's you got to tell them. scenario where yeah I've been chatting with people for a very long time and they didn't tell me and you go to the bathroom and you see it and you're like okay somebody like how long has this been going on are you all yeah. secretly laughing but do you hate me that's <laughs> the only reason you wouldn't tell me that I've got something stuck in my teeth and okay? even the coolest person is going to have these thoughts when it happens yes same with the booger yeah you say is that something you have to tell someone as well or yeah I I think yeah. you need to give them you got a little dangler going on oh there. man go go take care you of your just, dangler yeah. okay yeah, Lenny yeah. Kravitz does not look cool nope. with something stuck in his teeth. You just can't. If you have that and a booger, then that's the worst day of your life. Jeez. <laughs> Go away. Don't come back at that point. podcast. <laughs> I was at the mall the other day and I walked past what I feel is one of the most hilariously named stores, The Body Shop. That is a strange name for a store when you think about it. 
Everything for your body. The body shop. <laughs> I mean, the body shop for your car, the body. Yeah, it's a weird one. I also sometimes call the gym the body shop because you're in there working on your body. Totally. My mom used to love the body shop. That was like her favorite store. It was a big thing for a while. It's kind yeah. of, it's not quite as popular as it used to be, well, but. I think it peaked around when those little capsules of bath oil peaked. Remember right. when everyone yeah, had yeah. those like on their toilet and the, the decorative. Yeah, and grandma oil. would have the ones that look like seashells and yes. stuff that are hanging out. Yeah. When those went out, the body shop, I think, started to decline. It's true. Funny name. I remember Still thinking it was now. funny when I was little. It's even funnier now. <laughs> yep. Let's the take a listen into the body shop. If I ever get fired, maybe I'll work at the body shop. Sounds great. Welcome to the body shop. The Let's body take a listen in there and see what's happening at the old body shop. Sounds great, huh? Ugh. What is your body yearning for today? We have everything for your body. Ooh, your body looks distressed. It's not a booty call. It's a body call. Perhaps a loofah and some body scrub for your body. Your body smells. Let's give it a scrub. Let me rub my body on yours so I can learn your body and recommend the right product. My body calls for your body. Ooh. Body. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. I just saw that Young the Giant and Milky Chance are playing Red Rocks. Cool. And I was like, oh, that would be an incredible show. It's a bucket list venue for sure, isn't it? It is. It is on my, uh, that is the next place that I really want to go and check out a show, I think, is Red Rocks. And so, yeah, I saw that. I'm like, might have to try and swing that. Although I think it's like a Tuesday or a Wednesday. (laughs) I was like, ah, damn it. Uh, But then it got me thinking about the greatest music venues of all time. Mm. Like, what would be on the Mount Rushmore of music venues? This one's a bit tough because I think it's subjective, right? For sure. Depending so it's on like, what you like. You're basically asking what's on your Mount Rushmore of music venues. Yeah, yeah. You could kind of swing that way instead. But there's, I mean, there's some that I think universally people are always, you know, seeing as, as really iconic music venues. But do you want that one? Do you want to go check that out? Like, what would be on yours? Okay. Well, I know lots of bands have said when they plan their, their U.S. tours... The, the it's Madison Square Garden on the East Coast and the Staples Center on the West Coast. Those are the big the big tour dates. Interesting. And um, I was definitely going to toss Madison Square Gardens out there because, yeah, it's just iconic. Everybody wants to play there. Yeah, I don't think it would be on my list, though, because mm. it's, I mean, I imagine it's going to feel like any other arena when you're in there, right? Yep, and that's exactly how I feel. Same with Staples Center. I'm like, yeah. arena shows, I kind of just immediately like, nah. Yeah, they're cool, but I imagine they're mostly the same, right? And, like, so. O2, O2 Arena, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit different, right? Because it's... I don't know. It just seems more intense and more insane. But even still, it's it's still an arena. So, yeah, yeah I'd kind of take those ones off the list. Okay. So my personal, I'm going to go. I'm going to do this a little differently. Okay. I'm going to pick a big venue. Yep. A medium venue, and a small venue. Sounds good. Okay. So my big venue is going to be Wembley. Okay. Yes. Just because so many bands that I love have played Wembley, and it holds like eighty some thousand people, and I think to be in a crowd that size would be very cool yeah and I mean there are crowds that size at festivals and stuff but like everyone is there for that band and everyone's just cranked so that's gonna be my big venue okay my medium venue I have seen not a concert but a comedy show at and that's Radio City Music Hall in New York which is just a beautiful venue it's so cool I saw John Mulaney film his stand-up special there um, There'd be a lot of people who would have that on their list for sure yeah but I'd love to see a band there mm-hmm. uh, and my small venue uh, is it so? It the song that the hip ref in the, the the bar that the hip references 
in Bob Cajun that night in Toronto with the checkerboard floors. That's the Horseshoe Tavern, right? It sure is. I would like to see a show at the Horseshoe Tavern just because of how important it's been to Canadian music. And I just love so much Canadian music. It's funny you mentioned that because I would probably put that up there as one of my favorite venues of all time. Really? But, but I've seen a, a, quite a few shows there. Who did you see? Who's the best band you've seen there? Oh, uh, well, it, the ones that I remember the most fondly would be Arkells when they first were starting Very it. Very cool. And I saw yeah. them doing their Motown set there when they first did the Motown set. And then I saw them doing just a bunch of shows and stuff and seeing it in that venue. Like, those are the shows that really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. But man, I saw it. Now that you say that, a ton. Like they used to do a new music night all the time, so a lot of bands that are now fairly big, I got to see there first. Cool. Which, Very yeah, cool. because that's super cool. Also, side note, they've got an A and W delivery inside the bar because A and W is right next door to them. There's like a window. There's a window <laughs> yeah, that's that you cool. can order, and it ships it over from A and W so that you can go and get your. Because they don't serve food there. They've got hot nuts and A and W through a window. So everything about that venue magical. It's so cool to be standing there watching, like I don't know, Sloan mm -hmm. eating chubby chicken from A and W. Yeah. Can I get a teen burger? I'm starving. That's great. Sure, shipped right over. Um, the other one for me would be the Gorge. I think. Oh yeah, that looks so cool. Again, it's just like a natural slant everything about it with the, the mountains and the water and everything so the gorge would be another one that I would love to go check out and the Coliseum in Greece they have shows there? I think they do I, they're mostly did, did, um, like classical type shows and stuff but so I, you're not talking about the Roman Coliseum you're talking about in Greece? well oh actually yeah, I'm mixing them both up now but any any really really old Coliseum like that would be really cool to do and I know yeah. some of them do do shows I don't know where but just this to be like in a 2,000 year old building watching a new band that'd right? be very cool and they're built uh, unbelievably mm -hmm. and the acoustics would be incredible to this day so to see how that would age like you'd be like wow this is nuts like think of what used to happen in these coliseums one of my favorite live recordings ever was Pink Floyd playing in Pompeii, Italy in an empty amphitheater just for the film crew and oh. it's like haunting it's unbelievable actually now that you mention it there's a place in Sweden it's an old quarry that they have concerts in as well. And it's supposed to be unbelievable because, again, it's just constructed in this way where you're in this really old quarry and you can see, like, I guess the acoustics are crazy. Cool. Those are the venues for me I'm, I'm always intrigued by. Drum Heller has that outdoor amphitheater. Yeah. And I, I thought they only ever did, like, the Passion of the Christ play <laughs> at Easter, but apparently they have... They have bands there sometimes, and that would be cool, too. It was like with the hoodoos around you. Yeah. Those types of venues oh, need to be man. utilized more. That's so cool. Yeah. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I was reading this article about an announcement that NASA recently made. So on October 4th of this year, they're planning to launch a mission to explore an asteroid in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. What? It's called 16 Psych, this asteroid. It's about... 280 kilometers wide, and oh. the core, the core is thought to be made up of gold, iron, and nickel. And okay. They want to study this core because it's, I guess, it somewhat resembles the core of the Earth, and you know, give us a better idea of how these things form. But it's all the headlines about this are talking about how valuable the asteroid is. They said if you took the, you know, the minerals contained in the core of this asteroid, it would be worth about 10 quintillion dollars. Oh, just. <laughs> Pocket change. Which is over $1 trillion for I, every person alive today. So is we that all an be, actual like amount? Quintillion? Is that what you it just is. said? Okay. Yeah, it goes like trillion, quadrillion, quintillion, I think. So it's an absurdly large Sounds number. Sounds like a type of reptile. <laughs> anyway, okay. So to put that in perspective, all the wealth on Earth today, if you took all the currency, 
on Earth today, it's only $417 trillion. So this is holy way, way more than that. Hell. Now, uh, the question is, could we ever actually mine an asteroid like that for its resources? And I guess, based on what I was reading last night, like the technology and the economic feasibility isn't that far away if someone had the will to do it. Wow. Um, one idea would be to capture the asteroid and like pull it back closer or to knock it off course back closer to Earth okay. where you could work on it here. But this isn't this doesn't sound real. No, it None really of doesn't. The words coming out of your mouth <laughs> can I believe? Doesn't. But I mean like the the reward for a successful mission like that would be enormous. It would probably like if you got enough of this, it would devalue the, the that material on Earth. So the minute anybody thinks it's feasible, they will be embarking to try and do this, right? Absolutely. Because that's just so much money. Like, that's crazy. And if it works, it would be like a second gold yeah. rush, just not in the Yukon. It would be in space instead. Oh, my God. Personally, I, I don't know if it's such a good idea, though. I think we should be careful because of what happened in Moria. The mining incident in Moria. You remember that? The dwarves delved too greedily and too deep. I was like, where's Moria? You know what they awoke in the darkness. Nope. A Balrog. A demon from the ancient world. I Durin's think I'm going to go specifically. for a cigarette, and I don't even smoke. Shadow I'm and flame. Gonna, this is a foe beyond any of you. again. Durin's Bane is of one you. of the Balrogs that we know about by name in the Tolkien right. Legendarium. I'll be back. Go smoke dark. And Shauna podcast. I'd like to preemptively nominate my family and I as Terry's of the month if I could. Okay, you got some Terry stuff coming up? Oh, yeah. So my two cousins, my sister and I are embarking on this boat trip on Friday when I get to Ontario. So we're stuffing a fishing boat full of booze, essentially, and going for a rip to some breweries and camping on some random islands. Okay, so first of all, fishing boat, boating, Terry, big thing. Breweries on a lake? Yes. Yeah, they've got these breweries that are kind of along different islands and stuff on Lake Huron. Well, that's cool. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to be awesome. But so we have a, a fishing boat coming with us and we've got a sea dew coming along for the ride as well. Mm -hmm. So that's how we're getting out there. And so my one cousin, Ted, who's coming, he's the one who I've spoken out before. Uh, he's got some real Terry tendencies. He, he's the one who ripped a fart at a McDonald's that nearly shut down an entire highway service center because it was so obnoxiously loud that everybody heard it in the world. He's also the one who balanced a snowmobile across his aluminum fishing boat and brought it across the lake. <laughs> I don't think I remember that. Did we talk about that? We did, yeah. <laughs> or maybe I did when you were away. But it's super Terry tendencies. He is very like that's this. serious Terry behavior So right that's there. Terry. And when, I, when I'm with him, I tend to kind of go a bit Terry as well. I think it just kind of rubs off on me a little bit. Uh, anyway, we have this group chat now going about this trip. And we just started discussing how we're going to start taking out some of the food so that we can put more booze in the boat <laughs> so that we can kind of just live off beer for a couple days if we need to but it's not a big deal i mean this trip in in general yeah, just all of like it, it tickles the terry in me so oh it sounds God. like such a good time it's gonna be a great time how many nights two two and you're just gonna camp on these islands we're camping on these islands the other thing is uh lake huron gets very rough so there's a chance we're getting stranded on these islands. Another reason that we want to make sure we have enough booze because we're like, that's really what's most right. important. I mean, you can here. hunt small game if you need to. It, out we there, honestly but can. You can't make your own booze. We so. can go and catch fish with with spears. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, that's. <laughs> so this is 
my well, preemptive yeah. nomination. I'd say, especially with the addition of cousin cousin Ted, Ted there, cousin Terry, good old Ted Terry. This yeah. sounds like quite the Terry expedition. I'm supremely jealous of it. It sounds like so much fun. We're gonna, ha- I think we're gonna have some Terry stories when I get back. Good. So I'll document good. for you. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. The song came on my playlist the other day. Uh, such a great song. I think you'll recognize it when you hear it here. There are stars in the southern sky. Do you know that one? Yeah. Seven Bridges Road by the Eagles. That's great. I think it's, the vocal harmonies are just incredible oh, in that song. Oh, yeah. Right? Would it be the goat of vocal harmony songs? When it, you think of like incredible harmonies in music. It would be up there. What comes to mind? Um, what else? Well, Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody always comes to mind. Yeah, I was going to say out of Queen, like maybe Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah, but like this one just because of its... It's so, yeah. Like right off the bat. Is this just right? fantasy? But yeah, question, Queen's got a lot of them. But is that Freddie's voice layered up or is that the whole band? That's a good question. Do you make a distinction between a whole band singing in harmony and... That definitely wins like, over one voice stacked up for sure. Okay. I think live harmonies are always the most impressive. Unbelievable, sure. yeah. Because yeah. Okay, so then my my next... The only other one I could think of off the top of my head was one where it's all stacked up and a little outside the box, but this one... Oh, yeah. What the hell? Imogene Heap. Yep. Such a good song. Totally. Crazy unorthodox harmonies in that song. Definitely, um, but the Beach Boys. I mean, they're they're oh, famous yeah. for harmonies. Like, just this isn't even their best. This is just I don't know a ton of Beach Boys, but all their songs have harmonies. kinds of stuff going on there. You'd probably have to look at a band that's famous for everybody in the band singing in harmony, like yeah. the Eagles, like the Beach Boys, and pick a song out of out of there, wouldn't you? You would. Although, Mumford & Sons, they were the first yeah. like mainstream alt band that really brought back the harmonies, and I was like, this song... Now in some way... Like, and they're so good live. Like, they've just got the harmonies nonstop as well, and it's just it's so crisp and so yeah, clean. Yeah, that's good. I would, I, you know, I would maybe argue that they were the first quote-unquote alternative band to bring back the harmonies, because the Trues did a lot that's of that, That's what I just said, yeah. I, exactly. Did you say the Trues? Did I miss that? No, no, I said, um, sorry, not the Trues, but I thought Mumford and Sons no, were, I, but you think the Trues The Trues, yeah. Ah. Right? They did lots of that. They did, you're Before right. Mumford was doing it. Yeah. It's such an incredible thing, like you said, especially to hear it live. Yeah. He's like, this is just your voices, and this is how tight you are. And yeah. Like, what a grasp you have of music. I got one more for you. Okay. Uh, this one. Like, they've got... Man. I wasn't even thinking about like R and B groups. I'm sorry, I just had to. I, and, I remember that. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that opens a whole other can of worms, then doesn't All it? All the worms. <laughs> yeah. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. A few more mentions for this list. Um, in front of the show, John. He's like, "Have you ever heard the Beach Boys? Did you mention the Beach Boys? Have you ever heard their isolated vocals?" And I hadn't. I love these isolated vocal tracks. They're always awesome. Give this a listen. Wouldn't it be nice? If- Spend the day together, hold each other close the whole 
Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be fun to have that skill and then play in a band like that? Yeah. Um, That's well, what you fu- do for a living? It's funny because, like, y- y- our band, for example, there's a lot of harmonies that are, are done and stuff. And at one point, our band um, lead singer was like, Shauna, could you do some of the harmonies? And I, I can't sing, but I can match the harmonies if I need note. to. Uh, it's always fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Very cool. That. Yeah. I don't know how we... Oh, do you have another one? Uh, somebody mentioned Simon and Garfunkel. Yeah, a few people mentioned Simon and Garfunkel. Which I never would think of Simon and Garfunkel as having harmonies, but they, of course they do. Like... Arms that I might reach you, but my words like silent raindrops fell. So much harmony yeah. in Simon Garfunkel. Just the two of them. Yeah. And like unique harmonies, right? Yes. That add a sort of like darkness to the music. Right? Totally. I don't know how we had this conversation without mentioning a couple great Canadians. Uh, great Big C, of course. Of course. Carry him to his burying ground. Tell me where you store me. Walk him along, John Carry him along. And that's all a cappella because they don't even need, their harmonies are so good they don't even need the instrument. Well, and it's ridiculous because that... East Coast music, that Acadian or that that ship music. Yes, it, that it, that is harmonies. That is what it is. So songs so about stupid. boats. Stupid. Yes, songs about boats. Like, so dumb. We didn't bring that up. God damn them all! I was told we'd cruise the seas for American gold. We'd fire no guns, shed no tears. Now I'm a broken man on a Halifax pier. The last of Barrett's brave tears. Just phenomenal. Oh, phenomenal yeah. music. Phenomenal musicianship. Mm-hmm. I really dig it. Man, does that song bring back university memories for me? A little bit of some, a little bit of drinking. We used to Sarah. sing that song every single night when we went to the bar underage. Yep. <laughs> you know where you and all your best pals can lift your voice in a harmonic song without disturbing your neighbors? Yes. In a paired home from Shane Homes. Those homes are specifically constructed with noise reduction in mind to the point that you can have a full-on sea shanty right in your kitchen. Neighbors won't hear a thing. How have that? a full kitchen, Kaylee. And invite me, please. ShaneHolmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. The Beckler and Shauna Podcast. I don't have your etymology music ready. Okay. It's etymology with Shauna. Etymology. Etymology with Shauna. Uh, okay, I got a voice memo from friend of the show, Patrick. So here's the voice memo for you. Hey, Shauna. So here's one that you might want to take on in etymology. And it's about what you did over the weekend. Uh, going to Red Deer to see the Arkells. And how the Arkells are not capable of mailing it in. I'm wondering, mailing it in, what is that all about? Like, we all know what it means, but why mailing it in? Okay. Good question. Yeah, to mail it in to like... You know, half-ass it, right? To half-ass Not really it. try, but why is it called mailing it in? So, the first public official accused of mailing it in was actually a U.S. postmaster back in 1913. And this is really funny because his name was Herbert Slacker. And I was like, <laughs> the fact that his last name is Slacker just kills me. It's perfect. Uh, but I guess he failed to pay the new income tax that year. So, he was visited by agents of the IRS. It was when the IRS was kind of first formed. And he said, the check is in the mail, and I should know because I'm the goddamn postmaster general. So that was kind of his response. <laughs> and this became a bit public because, again, he was a big figure, and he was the guy who is in charge of the mail. And he was like, oh, it's in the mail. So I guess what he did is he mailed it third class, 
which back then was like the slowest way to mail something in. So it took months for them to actually receive it. It took seven months, I guess. So um, the agent basically checked and was like, where is this? What's going on with it? And uh, so then he said, mailed it in third class, more like mailed it in half ass. That was the response Mm. from the IRS. And then the term stuck and it was kind of shortened to just mailing it in. And that's Interesting. what that's where it started. That's a very specific instance. Super specific instance. And again, it was because it was such a higher up guy who did this, and then it kind of became a big deal. Uh, but during World I like the War, amount of swearing in the story. Absolutely, <laughs> I know. Sorry. Um, but during World War II, military officers who sent their wives or girlfriends at home a letter instead of giving her an expensive phone call. Then they that was used to say you're mailing it in because they were doing that. So that was kind of where it went from there. And then in the 1960s, it was used to refer to Hollywood writers who would mail their scripts in rather than show up in person with them. And so then it kind of became used in that regard. And now we use it generally just to mean that you're half-assing it in any way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And I mean, very few people mail anything personal anymore. And we're nope. still saying it, right? It's still gonna- saying it. Hang on for a while. That's a cool. Look at the past. That's a good story behind that. I like that. Yeah, quite funny. Etymology with Shauna. The Beckler and Shauna podcast. A Calgary Heritage Moment. The Canadian Pacific Railway plays a massive role in how this country was built, both positively and negatively, and Calgary is no exception. In 1883, the railway arrived in Calgary, and shortly thereafter, a young lawyer named James Alexander Lougheed purchased five lots from CPR at $300 apiece. These five lots were all on what is now Stephen Avenue. The reason it's called Stephen Avenue? Because it's named after the Canadian Pacific Railway's first president, Lord George Mount Stephen. Quite the name and title. Actually, all the avenues downtown, before they were more commonly referred to by simple numbers, were named after CPR financiers. 11th Avenue was formerly known as Smith Avenue, named after CPR co-founder Donald Smith, who eventually got his own fancy title, Sir Donald Smith, first Baron of Strathcona and Mount Royal. Smith was also the governor and principal shareholder of the Hudson Bay Company, president of the Bank of Montreal, president of a couple oil companies, chancellor of McGill University in Montreal, and eventually a Montreal MP. Smith actually had the honor of driving the last spike in British Columbia to officially complete the Canadian Pacific Railway. 7th Avenue downtown was originally named McIntyre Avenue after yet another notable CPR financier, Duncan McIntyre. He was also founder of a little company known as the Bell Telephone Company. When the Canadian Pacific Railway was operating right downtown, it was the heart of the city. The 9th Avenue station was demolished in 1966 to make way for the Calgary Tower. From there, CPR operated an underground station beneath the tower until 1990, but when that closed, it brought an end to passenger intercity rail access in downtown Calgary. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the Beckler and Shauna Podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Offering affordable customization on your new home. You want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative. X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have Beckler and Shauna downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later. 
This week on X After Hours with Mariah and Ty. Matt had COVID. That's right. You were gone. Yep. I was the loudest person in, a, in the office for a change. I was like the third string quarterback coming on, finally getting a chance to play. Like, it was nuts. Sam, you could tell. I was like, whoa, this is my moment this week. Let's go. I had a sparkle in my eye. X After Hours. Watch the video on YouTube. Stream it wherever you get your podcasts. Or find it at x929.ca.